I'm Amanda. I'm Denise. And welcome to Disturbing Behaviors. Today we're going to be talking about the movies, TV shows, books, songs, whatever you name it, based on the serial killer Greg Price. Very so, unique. I was doing some research. Yes. Very unique. So, I didn't find a lot of media based on his crime. What I did find, there were, I think, three episodes of Criminal Minds that were based on his crimes. Okay. So, the first one would be uh, season six. There was a character by the name of Jeremy Sayer. He was a family annihilator who yep. was a child. Do you watch Criminal Minds, Denise? Every single episode, repeatedly. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's funny. I came across those episodes, too, when I was, like, doing my research, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could see that. I just, they were, the episodes that are on Criminal Mind are very loosely based upon Craig Price. I think it's just more of a generic family annihilator, like a teenage family annihilator, and I think they kind of just kind of went with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't really see anything that was, wow, that, that's Craig Price, or the, you know, some of the cases that you watch on Criminal Minds. Yes, I am well aware that it is a fictional show with fictional people and the FBI does not look or act like that. But some of those crimes that you could sit there and you could say, Oh, that was based on this case or that was based on that case I think like mm-hmm. I said, like you said, it was like the teenage family annihilator and they just kind of like, Oh, yeah, Craig Price. You know, like that's the category we're putting Yeah, in. you know, but in this case you know, even I think Jeremy Sayer, uh, the character on this episode, was not just loosely based on Craig Price. You know, there were a lot of similarities. I mean, he, you know, he annihilated multiple families. Mm-hmm. He used weapons found from the victims' homes, and they were both considered, you know, minors of course, at the time of their crimes. So both were supposed to have been released at the age of 21. So I think this one was a little bit more than just loosely based on him. Okay. In particular. I might be thinking of a different episode. There was a couple, you know, there's a lot of those episodes that could be kind of construed as others. You know what I'm saying? There's what? Right. I mean, there was another episode in season nine. And if anybody is wondering where I'm getting this information, I'm getting it from Criminal Minds Wikipedia. But, you know, in season nine, there was a Howard Clark. It's in the episode called The Road Home. You know, they were juvenile killers who murdered a family while high on drugs. Mm-hmm. They were both given shortened one. sentences. Yeah. They both got into fights while in prison. You know, that one was, yeah. I think, a lot more loosely based. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one in season 11, an unsub, quote unquote, by the name of Matt Frank. Um, the episode's called Pariahville. They were both stalkers at young age when they committed their crimes. They targeted neighbors. There was at least a two-year cooling off period uh, between some of the crimes. So, you know, this was another one that was pretty loosely based on Craig Price. But there were at least three episodes. I'm sorry. My squirrel on acid of a brain <laughs> you said in the previous episode and this you know when we were talking with spencer you said that you know when you were researching it you that frank price was suspected of additional murders in rhode island but 
that yep. would not surprise me because that was a very long cooling off period. Um, you know, when they talk about it was when they talk about like the, the crimes and cycles. Usually, I think it was very good that he was caught so quickly after the Heaton family because I think he would have that I think he would have killed very quickly after that. But usually, without a doubt, usually it could be you know. There's usually that buildup. Rebecca Spencer was very low profile. Like, she was low risk. She was a low risk person. Mm -hmm. Usually, that's not the people that is the first victim. And I, I kind of wonder if maybe he, you know, did that or, you know, he did. Homeless and prostitutes are typically the starter pack, if you will, for. Well, I'm sure there's better mm -hmm. terms, but in my brain, there's not. For lack of a better term, <laughs> there's like the uh, the star starter package of you start with people who are homeless, you know, you typically, and we're not talking about people who are just falling on hard times, you know, in between housing. We're talking about people who are chronically homeless, people with right. health and substance misuse issues, and then you have uh, sex workers. Those are the ones that you're usually, and you kind of wonder, you know, did he, did he start with them and he just kind of slid under and that's what got him up to Rebecca and maybe after Rebecca, he needs to take a moment to be like, wow, that was like kind of a rush and then go after the, you know, high risk category of people for victims. I'm just musing at this point in time, like really just spitballing because this whole thing is a possibility. It's fascinating and it's, it's strange that for somebody who had such fascination that he kind of had a, a long cooling off period. And it's just when you were talking about describing the, the show where they said the cooling off period, it's like that, that was always something that just felt odd to me. I mean, if Rhode Island went back yeah. and said, oh, wait, <laughs> you know, we can connect him to these, these unsolved murders. You know, but Rhode Island also has a very long history of making bodies disappear. So if you, yeah, there's a lot of missing people <laughs> in Rhode Island is, is all I'm going to say to that. Yeah. Anyhow, I digress. You were saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm not finding a lot of, you know, movies and shows mm -hmm. about him. I did find a documentary on YouTube about him. And I'm wanting to say that there was a TV show, one of those ID or I, know. I know that yes, yes, like on on ID or you know one of those investigation discovery things. They did talk about him. You know, they, they there's been it's weird that there's not more done on him. You know, this is such a it is fascinating thing, and it, it's one of those. You know, I think it's bigger for 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 me as far as like a crime thing because of the age I was when this when these things happened, and just you know, you know, it was my hometown, my home state, and I'm surprised they're not. You know, you look at uh, like some of the more you know Ted Bundy. There's thousands of you know Tons. references and things like that. I mean, even Eileen Warnos, who we talked about. Last month, you know, she's even referenced on American Horror Story in Hotel mm -hmm. 
And then uh, I believe yep. what was it 1984 was it was one of the 80s ones. I can't remember if it was 84 or something or 85. But yeah, you know, she was referenced in those in like pop culture on TikTok. Right. People are male. <laughs> I'm not going to call them men. They don't. They're not dignified to have that label on them. But males are making comments of about unaliving women and when they make the comments they do that oh god i had the fucking thing i had a, i had a brain cell it died shannon it's <laughs> uh, a watt case there where he killed his wife oh, she didn't want yes they'll, they'll show, yeah they'll show the picture of like the husband and then women are responding to this by posting that an iconic image of Eileen Warnos where she has her head back, her hands in cuffs, and the cuffs up under her neck. And she says, dead men don't rape. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, you see, you know, I mean, Eileen and Ted and those people, they're referenced throughout pop culture. But Craig Price, you know, for for having the dubious distinction of being the youngest serial killer, you who grew up, you grew up in Ohio, which isn't that far away from mm-hmm. Rhode Island. It's not like it's on the other side of the country. You didn't hear about him until I talked to right. you about him. You know, he's one of the ones that kind of right. flies under the radar. Look to the press. Right. And it, yeah. you're right. It's really shocking that more people don't know about him considering his infamy. And it just, the, the movies that you could make, the, the redneck shooting at something. I don't know what the fuck that is, but the what? <laughs> and Dave's, I don't know. Dave's got a gun. I don't know. He's outside. He's shooting at something. I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I've got four dogs. Oh my here. God. I can see the fifth one. I don't know what the fuck that crackhead's doing. I just live here. <laughs> and we're shooting again. I don't know. But again, I don't know. I don't know if this is just oh, a refreshment from yesterday where, you know, me and mommy said we couldn't have it at uh at the Friendsgiving oh, yeah. shooting. But, you know, here he is outside. I don't fucking know. I don't need him to go anywhere else today, so. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> Thank God. I, you know, I did find an episode of Killer Kids. Yes. On, I think it's on Oxygen. It aired in 2012 that was based on Craig Price. I think Killer Kids is also available on a streaming network. I can't remember if it's Hulu or Netflix, but because, you know, I have all of them. So I can't remember where I watch crap from. Mm-hmm. All right, Amanda. Boom. Here's your little side <laughs> note. I want you to go ahead and pull out your camera, your phone, your cell phone, and record yourself. Okay. What? <laughs> Okay, hold on. Yeah, I don't know where my phone phone. Yeah, I know. I will as soon as I find it. Be prepared. We need to be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) We're so unprepared. It's okay. Yeah, right. The camera's on. (laughs) So, my just. What? I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) One second, one second. I'm going to tell you when to start, okay? Okay. And then when you're done with that, I want you to send your video to me. I'm going to um, splice it with the video I'm going to take over right now. And it's going to be one of our TikToks, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Tell me when. All right. Yep. 
Oh, you are. You're right head. Head. <laughs> I was that together. It's going to be like trying to record with Denise. <laughs> I figure we'll just generate a little bit of interest oh, that way. Uh, you know, like with, with I think we kind of just kind of lean into our personalities where. You know, you're like I'm serious that this is what we're going to do, and then you know I'm got that full crackhead energy. Okay. Okay. Let me. Uh, that was not an invitation. I look horrible. Okay. <laughs> so do I. I haven't combed my hair today. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. You take all the treats though. Okay, we can get back. Back <laughs> to the task at hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There'll be more random requests from you for, for Tiki Tasks later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yay. All right, so let's okay, see. Okay, yeah. Okay, so Lifetime kids. Movie Network on... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lifetime New- Movie Network on August 5th, 2014 on the series Killer Kids. In the show titled Ticking Time Bomb regarding the youngest serial killer, Greg Price. Yeah, like I said, but his, there's a lot of, on YouTube, there are a lot of videos of him, himself, descri- describing his crime. Like mm-hmm. his confession. Well, you know, that, yeah, speaking of his confession, um, they found the, the tape of his confession, which I... I haven't listened to yet. I'm going to, but they found you that should. in 2018. Yeah, you should, because it was referenced in one of the, those, I think, Killer Kids or the, the, something on Investigation Discovery, and it, chilling would be an understatement. Like, we, we've been talking oh, I'm sure. a lot about him being a, a sociopath just really a psychopath like we he has no i think if you no listen remorse. to him if you hear him and then talk about these crimes and then take into consideration that was a 15 year old child i mm-hmm. think that's that you know i just it it's something that you really should listen to it i yeah, am not recommended to. enough to go in and listen to that and just kind of really get that that full picture and like i said i really I think I would like to see a more kind of intense or in-depth, you know, because this this crime fascinates me. This this whole situation fascinates me because I still am wrapping my head around the fact that his parents did everything right and he was still so wrong, you know, and I would really... It's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It really is. I'm surprised there's not more on that. I'm surprised more people, more, you know, documentary people. I don't even, I I mean, I think there's what, one one other podcast that's talked about him. And it's not to kind of give. That I found, yeah. Yeah, it's not to like give him more credit or anything. The victims will always be remembered. In Rhode Island, people know Mm -hmm. if you say Rebecca Spencer, if you say the Heaton family, when you. You Joan about, yeah, Joan yeah. and Melissa and Jennifer. People know who they are. Um, and I think that's also kind of unique to a serial killer because, quite yeah. frankly, you think about somebody like Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy is in everybody's psyche. We all know about Ted Bundy. Can you name any of his victims off the top of your head? No, I cannot, which is very sad. It is very sad because 
that seems to be our thing. We, we focus so much on the perpetrator that we forget there's people, there's victims, there's, yeah. people, there's a loss of life there. But yeah. I think the people that's he killed were real at one time. Yes, very real, very, very real. And I think that's the other thing that fascinates me about this case, kind of sets this case apart, is the fact that we remember the victims. We remember their names. My mom yeah. is in her 70s. So, I mean, she was a young adult when this, this happened. She, I could tell, I could say, oh, you know, Rebecca Spencer, and she'd be like, oh, that's the woman that Craig Price killed. You know, and that's kind of almost a standard yeah. thing for people who were living in Rhode Island. And it doesn't matter. And again, Rhode Island is freaking the size of a dime. But people try to act like it's mm. this really big thing and we can't go from one side of the state to the other. Like literally, it takes 25 minutes to go from one side of the state to the other. You know, but everybody in that state who was there at that time will remember the names of his victims. You know, they know Craig Price, obviously, but they also know the name of his victim. Mm -hmm. Like I said, this this whole case is very fascinating. I think kind of an untapped potential. Not like I want to, you know, celebrate him or anything. I just think the psychology behind that, to see a child that young without the markers, without the indicators or, or, you know, kind of that how to make a killer where, you know, with like what we talked about, broken homes, abuse, drug use, you know, he didn't, he didn't have that. And I'm just, I'm surprised that hasn't been, you know, tapped into, even from like a psychology right. point of view of that. And you would think when we talk about human behavior, there'd be more of a focus on, you know, here's somebody, mom and dad did everything right. They took them to counseling. They were involved. They, you know, they were a solid family and we still had this bad seed, you know? So, yep. I mean, it's, there's not much to say about his film, unfortunately, because there's not a lot of film on that. And I think that's it's right. weird. And I, you would think Rhode Island has, is home to RISD, Rhode Island School of Design, which is a, an independent, it, it's, it's an art school, you know, film, independent film, painting, you know, very much an artistic outlet. The Talking Heads founder went to RISD, actually, the the band Talking Heads, they're big in the 80s, they went to RISD, very, very I'm actually very surprised that having that art school, which is like a mixed media art school, it's it's painting, it's film, and things like that, was having almost a source of independent film, you know, indie film people, people who want to break into the film industry, why none of them never touched this? It's almost like, it's almost a, it's so, his age, the age of his last two victims, it's almost like those are so incomprehensible, we don't really want to look at it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, like it's, it's such a reflection so, of, mm-hmm. of him, you know, of society, really. We don't want to think about teenagers killing younger children you know it's yeah not what it's meant to be you know the boogeyman isn't a gregacious smart child you know teenager who lives in the neighborhood right i mean exactly you want to talk about you know honestly if this if you sat there and you pitched this crime with if this hadn't happened and you pitched this as an idea as a horror movie they would probably reject it because it breaks so many of the taboos you know, you're yeah. talking about victimizing women. You're talking about, you know, killing children. You're talking about the perpetrator. 
being a teen himself. And it's just, mm-hmm. to me, it, it's almost telling, like, we don't, we're aware of it. Rhode Island is hyper aware of this case. And, you know, where is he? Is he, you know, out of jail? And But yet, there's very little documentation done on it, you know? Like, I think yeah. that's you know, like I did find a book on Amazon. It's called A Call for Justice. A New England Town's Fight to Keep a Stone Cold Killer in Jail. That actually looks like a good read. I might actually buy that book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that just kind of goes back over a lot of what we talked about when we had Spencer on about the laws and the the way that, you know, they had, Rhode Island had to kind of go around the system. And again, I'm surprised, you know what, when we talked about the laws being changed and everything, ACLU never said anything. Like, his crimes were so heinous, everybody just kind of sat down and went, yeah, the laws need to change, and yes, he needs to be in jail forever. Like, everybody kind of had that collective exactly. sense of, like, yeah. You know, it wasn't picked up as a social justice call or anything like that. When my cousin, when I talked to my cousin about that, he was, you know, in, in he was a kid too. I mean, my, my poor cousin grew up more like my little brother than my little cousin, spent his entire life with me tormenting him. So, you know, much like a little sibling. <laughs> but uh, I love him to death, I do. He's like, he goes, you know, he's, he's, he said, you know, the only reason he's still alive is because he's in jail. If they had released him, if, oh yeah, if they had released him on his 21st birthday, there would have been vigilante-style justice. He would have been killed. He would have oh, been absolutely. killed. Oh, absolutely. There would have been a town hanging. It would have been. You know, I was, I don't know if I was listening to another podcast or what, but there was a guy in this town who was, like, bullying everyone. And everyone was afraid of this guy. And one day, the town just had enough. And the entire town <laughs> took part in his murder. And, of course, when the cops asked about it, nobody knew anything. So I think that's very much what could have happened to Craig Price had he been released. I don't mean to laugh about that, but I mean, seriously, collectively, it's like, listen, we're done with Karen, you know, like, we're done, you know, but, <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. Who's killing her? Who's with yeah, me? But you had, but if you think about, you know, I know we're kind of on the media and everything I was with this, but still the psychology of that, the group thing. You, you know, I mean, it really is the mob mentality. Collectively, if he had gotten out on his 21st birthday, if he had gone in there and was a model prisoner and did not do anything, you know, he was not going to get around that, that psyche valve. But even if he managed to, like, wing his way out of that psyche valve or, like, go through it and, like, answer everything just right so they couldn't, you know, use it against him, and he got out on his 21st birthday, within a week he would have been dead. And I think it would have been, yeah, well, this is the area I grew up in. And the statements that I heard as a child when, when crimes were being committed, and I'm not going to say any more about how I know that, but the statement <laughs> that goes around, and I've literally heard my dad say it to my brother, and he said it to me, if you're going to do something like that, you do it where, and I know this is grammatically heinous, but literally the statement is, you do it where nobody knows nothing. And I'm like, do you know how many double negatives? Okay, we're not going to get into that. But, triple negatives. Yeah. 
<laughs> Don't make me mad I today. Get the, I get the gist of it and the sentiment comes through, but it would have been that collectively. I don't know. Uh, it was it was there. It was broken when I got yep. here. Okay, like you know, I will. Yeah. Boom, I didn't know anything. Uh-uh. I know nothing. Uh-uh. I definitely. Well, you know what? Really, what gets me about. <laughs>
I think that's something that as Frank aged, he would have developed that more. I think that, honestly, I'm going to say serial killers are narcissists. I really believe that. They have no empathy or ability to put themselves in other people's situations, you know? But, yeah, he's not, right. like I said, there's a real lack of it, and that, that's kind of sad. There, there really is. Yeah. And not so much to talk about him, but really to talk about, you know, the victims and, you know, Rebecca Spencer was a mom. She has a child, and it mm-hmm. would be, I, I don't want to exploit anybody's misery, and I'm not saying that, you know, I hate when you see people jump all over, you know, they, they, they're swarming the families, and they're, you know, what do you think about this, and what, you know, what, you know, what's your reaction to that? I just, you wonder about how this child turned out having lost their mom in, at such a young age. I, I think her child was mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that, but she had a young child. And you think about the development, the impact that would have had, you know, kind of like where are, you know, what happens when you lose your parent violently, needlessly at such a young age. And then I I wonder about Joan Heaton's ex-husband, you know, regardless of their marital status, he lost both his children, you know, as a parent, I yeah. can't think of anything worse, you know, and it's just, you wonder right. why we don't talk about those type of impacts. It seems that we talk more about, you know, what these people did, but then we don't talk about the trail of damage left behind, you know, it's really kind of a, right. you know, like a storm that goes through and it disrupts so many people and so many lives in so many ways. Yeah. There you go. There was my deep thought for the day. I assure you, there'll be no more. So. That's the only one we're going to get. That's it. It's like a lightning strike. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that concludes this episode, as well as our discussion on Craig Price. So next month, we'll be discussing Ariel Castro. That is close to where I grew up. Yeah. So your, your hometown. I'm excited about that yes i i am too so. and then in well my home state not my your home state but. yes yes so all yes. right i'm excited too i think it'll be a good one so thank you all, all for right. tuning in and well, listening to the shenanigans appreciate it yes and don't forget that if you enjoy our podcast please give us a five-star rating and leave us a comment don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at DBThePod. You can follow us on Instagram at Disturbing Behaviors. And you can join our Facebook group, Disturbing Behaviors, the podcast, or the discussion group. I can't yeah. even think. I'm tired. And I'm the one on weed. So, okay. All right. <laughs> well, have a good rest of your day or evening, whatever okay. it is where you're listening. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Bye-bye.